0: Welcome to a Down Non-Fungible Talk. This episode was recorded on July 29, 2022. I'm your host today, Ling Ling. I'm here today with our guest, Vera Wan. Vera is the CEO and co-founder of SweetGum Labs, a Web3 initiative on carbon neutralization. Prior to starting SweetGum Labs, Vera was the ex-JP Morgan, ex-McKinsey, and a U.S. Army veteran, and a musician specialized in ancient Chinese instrument, zither. What an interesting journey. Hi Vera, it's a pleasure to have you here today. So could you share with our listeners the story, what led you to starting Sweet Gum Labs?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a great pleasure to be able to share my journeys and more importantly, the stories about Sweet Gum Labs. So as you probably mentioned earlier that I'm had a quite a different experience and all of those experiences lead me to a commitment to find a way, an innovative way to transform next generation sensible lifestyles. So when I was at J.P. Morgan, that I was helping cross-border groups to focus on advising clients for their investment portfolios. And one of the things we were focusing on as one of my value proposition for my clients is to be focusing on the impact investment. And during my advising time for the primary and secondary market in the impact investment, I realized there are a lot of people, like ordinary people like us, that don't have an opportunity to be participate in the market. And more importantly, a lot of people invest in those kind of areas, they don't have a fully understanding of about the measurable impact With all those concerns and questions in my mind, I decided to pursue my MBA at Yale, which is a school famous for educating business leaders in both business and societies. So I really wanted to enhance my understanding about disabilities and understanding how as a younger generation to be able to deliver the sustainable impact. So during my first year of the school, I got exposures to speak a lot of, uh, with a lot of people in the disability field. And I realized what we really lack like of is uh, the motivation and incentives for individuals to participate. So there is a research done by Yale that actually 85% of people are really believing the climate change and they believe in personal behavior can help those kind of environmental disruptions. However, 35% of those people are actually taking any actions. It's such a sad story. And with Gums and with my co-founder, we really want to achieve where we can create a platform for Incentivizing people to visualizing their impact. So as small as you walk to commute instead of driving your car, those kind of small green behaviors need to be recognized and need to be incentivizing so people can continue to do those kind of behavior change. So that's the whole idea. my co-founder and I share the similar value to really making a very simple start for helping individuals understanding the green behaviors.
0: Thank you so much, Vera. So, could you tell us a little bit more about Sweet Gum Labs and the cool project you've been working on?
1: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunities. So, in terms of the Sweet Gum Labs, is our company the name of Sweet Gum Labs is actually coming from a New Jersey tree that can observing the most carbon dioxide on planet. So it's a very meaningful name. And then we want to be able to help our, our customers and users to get a little bit more understanding of our application. So our mobile app is called Offset. So it's like carbon offset. And the whole goal for Gump Labs is really to developing this offset app for helping individuals to track their carbon footprint information in a more engaging and fun way. So specifically, one of the things we know that there are nearly w- less than 1% of the population in the world that are accepting Web3. So one of the things we want targeting is not only the 1%, it's also the 99%. The mission is bring the 7 billion global citizens to be able to track their carbon footprint. So with that, we design a lot of Web2-friendly logging options on our application to making sure people are not having any barriers to sign up for understanding their carbon footprint. And then within the app, we are creating the token rewards so people can understanding and visualizing their impacts through their small green behaviors. And then down the road, we're also going to embed a lot of social file elements where we're going to creating some leadership boards. So you are comparing your colleagues, your community levels, and also your kind of whole county level kind of participation in this green revolution. So this is like a, quite a brief introduction to, to, my, to my startup. So what is the first market
0: you guys are looking at?
1: Yeah, my co-founder and I often have a lot of discussion at the very early stage of this idea that where we want to start. So it's quite a huge market, especially with individual carbon footprint. We can imagine, like close our eyes, there are so many different kinds of carbon emission activities we are doing, including dietary choices, including the fast fashion, the clothing choices, and also the household energy but we want to start small and we want to start very focused. So the two use cases we are really focusing on in terms of the individual carbon footprint is the EV turn and also the walk turn. So those are the two kind of use cases are more easier to be tracked. And more importantly, we are able to add most value since we already have partnership with 18 OEM. So we are able to have, again, I want to emphasize in want to provide a very user-friendly experience. So our users can just directly log in from their native app and native like Tesla information to be able to track their kind of green behaviors. So those are the two use cases we'll be start with.
0: Oh, that's super interesting. So I remember you guys brought up this idea of a green to earn, right? It's like it's a new concept. So could you explain a little bit more to our listeners? Like how does the EV drivers or the owners earn tokens and how does the OEMs what kind of role they play in your token economics?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, when we had this idea of targeting our EV users, we Want to uh, wanna be able to get contact with OEMs immediately, and one of the exciting news we found out is with the OEMs, they don't have any rights to be able to obtain the information or the data from the individual drivers. So the drivers actually have all the like data, and they have the ownership of the data. And one beauty with Web3 is we actually being able to uh, deliver the ownership of that data. So with our offset applications, we won't be able to provide this platform for uh, our users to really own the data. So with the OEM, we just simply w- we work with them in terms of the API so we can directly get the data. So the actual data will still be owned by our users. And for our users, we are creating this user-friendly and very easy-to-use experience for, for them. So basically, once they download our app from the Apple Store, they will be able to give us the consent for collecting their data. And then based on the level of like the engagement they have, the token generation speed will be different. So we're kind of creating some small games within the application so the users can keep upgrading their planets and being able to have a greener behaviors down the road to become our long-term loyalty customers so customers can earn our utility tokens in the app.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. So is this land like like NFT? People have to kind of purchase that to get into the game. And then the more they drive or use their vehicle, and then they can token is, is that's the way how it works?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's one of the key differentiations we want to position ourselves. We never position ourselves as project. We always pro, we always position ourselves as a green five project where we want to be able to utilizing a lot of green behaviors to have an innovative financial system for ecosystem for sustainability. So with that being said, our green token is just a tool for incentivizing and giving token rewards. So we don't want to create any barriers for our users. So if you don't want to buy the NFTs, our users can still record our green behaviors. It's just the speed of the token generation is going to be slower than the people who are actually buying the NFTs and having a lot of upgrades. And the reason why we design it is we are not making money off of the NFTs. We are getting the NFT buyers to be committed to our ecosystem. So all the revenues we get it It's going to be uh, all going back to our treasury and building our ecosystem. So in a sense that uh, all the kind of money from the NFT uh, put by our users are actually their commitment to a greener metaverse. So that's going to be rewarded better as a token form because they have a lot of engagement and commitment. So there is no general barriers for users to use our application.
0: I see. So pretty much like anyone who owns an EV or a hybrid is uh, a hybrid also included? Yes, and also
1: walk, right? Like our one of our use cases also walk. We, the reason why we did a lot of marketing in terms of EV to drive and is when we were participating in a Solana Hacker House, we found that there are huge cl- correlation between the EV drivers and all those hackers. Actually, a lot of the programmers and devs they own at least one is. So that's like a very exciting news for us. So we want to be using that as a more marketing strategy for attracting people and being able to really set a very clear image and branding for our startup.
0: I see. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was very helpful for us to understand your your model. So even though I think you brought up some really good points that differentiate sweet gums or offset from a lot of other to earn uh, type of projects. But like, you know, those projects have been, you know, like mushrooming quite a lot recently. So what do you think uh, you know make such project gain popularity recently?
1: Yeah, I think from an uh, entrepreneur's perspective, we always view as a startup trying to solving a problem or helping our customers to be able to gain additional insights or additional helps, right? So I think X earn is very successful in a sense. It's the understanding the market when understanding the psychology of human beings. I hate to say that, but we, we as human beings often need a lot of incentives to do stuff. So for example, I'm trying to lose weight, right? Like, I have incentives to become prettier or like, there is a certain incentives, and we are trying to visualize the incentive to having financial side, which is more tangible. So play to earn in a sense where a lot of the projects are focusing on the earn because they can provide real, real tangible incentives for the community members to engage. And one of the things with Web3 community building is you want to create enough strong incentives so the community can be really active and having a really strong start. So Action Room is a really good model in terms of that perspective. But the drawbacks with that is they are very focused on to, to the earn. So they have to force themselves to have a strong yield as well to provide it to their new users. So there are the new users coming into the ecosystem. What we are doing as we come is quite different because we're still using the green to earn model, but we are focusing on the green instead of the earn. So we have the balance in the closed economy in a sense that we have a strong business model from other external revenues to back up our whole business model instead of really just providing yield and incentivizing our customer in that way. So in terms of the green, I have to mention that similar to our program, we are, we are kicking off the Carbon Academy, which is a total non-profit thing. And what we are re- trying to do is not providing yield to our clients or users. Well, what we are trying to do is really educating the markets and being able to helping the markets to understand the green aspects. So that's why I feel like I really believe in the exterior model, but also I need to believe there is more strong backup business model that supports the exterior.
0: And yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, for this to earn type of project, there are a lot of hypes. There are a few real players. But you know I think having a strong community, it would actually can create a real value to your ecosystem. Yeah. So speaking of to earn project, it's hard to avoid. Speaking of stipend, I mean, as we... Probably a lot of our listeners knows that they uh, rise very sharply from the beginning of two thousand and twenty-two, but recently has been falling, falling pretty sharply too. So, what's your take from the falling of SNIPEN, and what do you consider, you know, what what creates the real sustainable value in two-earn projects?
1: Yeah, that's an awesome question. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like when I was talking with nearly everyone in Web two, or Web three, everyone is mentioning SNIPEN with me. So that's a Consider from my perspective a very successful story because everyone knows about it. That means like they educate the market enough and they have a lot of market exposure. And I wouldn't say they are they are falling, but I definitely didn't say didn't think they they failed because even right now they have a hundred thousand daily active users. So uh, there are still a lot of like incentives for people to pr- uh, participate in in the game. And I think like with their tokenomics design as well as how they are implementing the go-to-market strategy as well as they are trying to really trying to break the barriers as well by initiating the renting features soon. So those are all the kind of positive kind of aspects for me. But to your point, say, a lot of projects like amazing is like how to bring the real-life value or long-term value from Web2 or from like our known the community into Web3 is I think like most of the XORM uh, projects are struggling with. So I think especially our theme is sustainability. I want to emphasize the beauty of Web3 with accessibility because sustainability is very overused term as well, but a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, don't have the knowledge about it because it's such a weak kind of system. And then for us to be able to use Web3 is really engaging a lot of interactive community members to be able to participate and to be having that kind of ownership. So I think definitely with that, that kind of setting, we can bring a lot of real value from the accessibility side into Web3. And more importantly, I think like majority of startup owners or startup founders in this space. We really want to create values. We really want to be able to build a long-term project. So I think like I want to be shouting out to a lot of my kind of fellow startup friends and also the kind of players in the refile ecosystem that we are trying hard to be able to build the community, but it's also taking time. A lot of the users in the community, because of the x model, they have very high expectation that projects need to be really gaining like all those traction within three months. It's not the time. It's never gonna be that time again. Like a lot of people need to spend more time to build real projects that can be sustainable in the long run. And that's a lot of people are doing right now in the ecosystem.
0: Yeah, I think it's really like what kind of a marketing strategy, even like the product interface determines, you know, what, what type of people you're attracting, you know, to your community, to your product.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think like the first group of users are very important. And that's one of the things initially we consider Steppen as uh, one of our biggest competitors, because with their data, they can easily do something about accessibility. But as you mentioned, like the first group of user of them are really focusing on the yield. And more importantly, even when Steppen is talking about they use some of their buyback revenue to buy carbon credits, that's very passive than what we are trying to do. So our initial first group of users in between those intersections and were able to really tracking a lot of carbon footprint information. And that's our focus at very beginning of our startup. And that's why to your earlier point or earlier question that we are really trying to bring sustainability as a real-life value into our Web3 project.
0: Yeah, great. So I also think that you guys have been doing a lot of cool offline events. I don't know if you guys do like a lot of online events as well. What's your philosophy when it comes to community building? I guess it's also tied back to, you know, what type of crowd you're trying to attract to your to your ecosystem.
1: Yeah, that's a, a really great question. I think that community is the king and is everything. So we pay a lot of attention trying to build the communities. And oftentimes, I think even with myself, I always say there is Web2 community, Web3 community. It's all the same group of people. I think like by the end of the day, like they, we all live in the same planet and we just happen to some people have early understanding about Web3. Some people need bigger and longer time. So for us, we never thinking about we're going to do only... Twitter space, or we are only targeted any specific group. We want to be able to bring the awareness as a whole. So that's why you mentioned that we did a lot of offline community building as well, and in addition to our Web3, So in terms of those initiatives, I want to be able to tell you, first of all, we want to have a foundation of all all the kind of marketing, or community building uh, initiative is that we are building ecosystem partnerships. So right now, besides our 10 plus technology partners, we also have around 27 ReFi ecosystem partners. So that's going to be our foundation to be able to reach out to our community members. And with that foundation, we use both Web2 and Web3 with to really getting the engagement. And with Web3, we did the whitelist and we also have a lot of Discord and Twitter Space followers to engage with our, every Friday we have the our own podcast on Twitter Space and we also have every Thursday to host our office hours so we can a- answer any kind of uh, heated questions in environments, in ReFi and in just our project in general. And we also do a daily question uh, on our discourse so we can engage in our people. For example, one of the questions is what is the the biggest carbon emission across all carbon footprint associated with individuals. So people are actually engaging and we give right now because our token is not launched yet, so we give USCC for those kind of rewards. So engaging our Web3 communities. and In terms of the offline initiatives, uh, we are really participating in the Tesla owner uh, Silicon Valley clubs because that's one of like uh, our biggest markets. and especially with us physically in California, there are a lot of t- uh, Tesla owners. So we are going to actually sponsor Tesla's global biggest owner meetup in Silicon Valley in two weeks. And there are going to be around... Uh, I don't know, like a huge group of Tesla owners to be there. And we're going to set up booth over there. Which date is that? August 6th. August
0: 6th. I don't know if this episode will be online or not, but if it is. Okay.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Just some of the initiative. Yeah. I think like, yeah, it's also good for the audience to know we did this kind of things. Yeah. And we are also organizing the ReFi Silicon Valley. So really bringing up a lot of the ReFi players and partners in the Bay Area. So those are the offline kind of activities. And also we consider our Carbon Academy also like Web 2.5 because we're going to have those Carbon Academy articles like on our website, but we are also implementing a learn-to-earn model. So once you finish reading the articles, you become more knowledgeable about green space, you got a token rewards for that. So that's also considered our kind of community building initiative. And in the long run, what we are trying to do is we want to collaborate with campuses by utilizing my co-founder and my, my network that we are aiming to be able to have 10 plus campuses to be able to have our fellowship program. So we're going to have ambassadors to help us to advocate for people to participate and having more greener behaviors. And the last initiative we want to do in terms of offline is we want to be able to collaborate with the macro mobility companies such as Lime that uh, we are helping them to understanding their users' screen behaviors and also uh, giving a lot of more scaling, growing strategy for ourselves to reaching out out to our users.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of things on your plate. And we're looking forward to follow up how all of this initiative turn out. Actually, do you have any fun stories from all the events that you have been organizing to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, just yesterday, I was uh, talking with one of like the person I got to know from Amber group from one of the events. And we were talking about how I can collaborate with some of the portfolio companies. And one of the funny things is I realized that a lot of web three companies, when they were doing buybacks, they're actually having a very innovative stories. So one of the companies he gave me, he shared with me is actually they buy wheels, like real wheel, like to as part of their <laughs> ecosystem to support sustainability. So they use their revenue from token sponsor, the zoo, to buy wheels. So that's quite interesting. Like it's gave me a lot of brainstorming. Maybe. I can potentially, not only by buying back my governance token into our treasuries, I can start build, planting trees or doing some more fun acti- offline activities for my users. And give the names to trees.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Thank you. Yeah, That's, that's funny. Yeah. So the True Earn model, you know, it's a, it's a great use case of Web3 in sustainability by providing tokens to incentivize people, you know, opt for behaviors, you know, that's good for the, for the social benefit. So to your knowledge, are there other ways, you know, like Web3 tools can help to achieve the sustainability goals?
1: Yeah, I think everywhere. I I think from education perspective, I want to emphasize again, I think one of the hugest concerns I have is the next generations they don't have enough exposure to green, to accessibilities. So from the education perspective, there are a lot of innovation we can do. And one of the other things we think beyond individuals is for corporates, like right now, corporates are mostly focusing on scope 1 and scope 2 emissions. And when we're thinking about like scope 3 emissions, or thinking about how the entire supply chain are associated with business activities, there are so many things we can done. And with blockchain technology, there are so many improvements we can do to help the inefficiency market to become more transparent and traceable. So that's also another area that we can explore in terms of accessibility. And lastly, we oftentimes, a lot of like, uh, I mentioned about individuals, I mentioned about corporates and most people in this ecosystem rely on regulations and rely on governments to do things. And given my time serving in the U.S. Army, I don't know whether this is allowed to say, but it oftentimes like it's very slow in terms of the progress. I think it's a a general term for all the uh, governments. Right, like all the governments were taking longer time because it's just like the there are certain rules or, or process to handle the things. But if there are certain governments or certain regulations or NGOs are more open to blockchain technologies, that can help provide a lot of the sufficiency and efficiency to be able to really ramping up the process of helping our policymakers to making sure that they can make a timely policy change or support a lot of those players, both from a corporate perspective and individual. Perspectives.
0: Do you think it, there's a chance that some of the Web3 initiatives in the future can you know somehow work together with the government, you know, to push forward those efforts?
1: I believe so. So in terms of Dubai, I know they are already trying to really aim to have a more smart and sustainable cities and governments. So they are really open about like cryptos and uh, blockchain. So I think there are governments there are governments are already taking leadership roles to be able to uh, leveraging blockchain technologies. And I think it's just, it's just similar to like Google or like the Web2 phase, right? Like we need time and we need patience to be able to deploy those kind of new technologies. And I have a really strong hope and really happy that I, I'm, I'm being able to be part of this very early stage and we can together to help educating and helping having the adoption rate being higher in the long run.
0: So are there other inspiring Web3 project on sustainability that you think we should keep our eyes on?
1: Yeah, so one of like the partners that I'm currently working with is called Sparrows Protocol. They are also in the RayFi space. And what they are trying to do is they are trying to helping utilizing their staking protocol to helping carbon developers to have fundings to really engaging in in the carbon market. And more importantly, a lot of the the financing or the revenue they actually deploy to a decentralized centers across the globe. And what they are trying to achieve that is they are trying to help a lot of carbon developers who didn't get their methodology approved by Vera or gold standards to get approved through a decentralized way. And I think that's also helping greatly in terms of the ecosystem being able to having more carbon developers to engage in, in this ecosystem. Because oftentimes people are saying that, oh, there are a lot of carbon credits out there. But to in, in terms of qualified carbon credit, I think the demand and supply equation is not balanced at all. And I, we need more qualified carbon credit suppliers in this market to be able to meet the demand from a corporates, from governments, and from individuals.
0: So as a founder of a Web3 startup, do you have some advice you know, for to some other founders who want to uh, join this field.
1: Yeah, I have uh, actually quite a few advisors since I've been in this space for quite a few months. So first of all, this is a tough uh, space. This is in two emerging markets, both in the crypto as well as uh, the refi or climate space. So there are a lot of education you need to do. There are a lot of talks and a lot of awareness you need to bring up. So you need to get ready. You need to make sure you you are really passionate about the field that you want to build something. And it's going to be take longer. You need to have a patient, especially in this market. So first of all, the advice will be you really need to find your true passion and you are really wanting to do this thing for the long run. And the second thing is there are very players out there. This is a challenging time, so you want to be able to leverage all the resources out there and you need to want to find synergies that can help each other out. Go out there not, not only focusing on building up the product, you also want to be able to be, be part of the active members in the ecosystem and then helping to having the together to have those kind of synergy and building the stronger community together. So that's my second piece of advice. Go out and being able to meet your partners. And thirdly, you want to be able to take care of your mental health and having a strong team is very important. You have a great excellent partnerships. so you really believe in your idea and you need to be physically and mentally ready to be able to build the products so you want to be have a very lovely group of people that you trust and you share similar value with as a team member and together to to be able to implement the idea and actually the idea to become a solid product that your user can use so with, that's kind of the three advices I will give to all my fellow entrepreneurs and feel free to reach out to me if you are struggling or you want to start an idea
0: I guess you'll probably get a lot of messages <laughs> yeah thank you very much for sharing those tips. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Sustainadale Non-Fungible Talk. This show is brought to you by Sustainadale, a decentralized protocol that promotes social progress, environmental balance, and economic growth with blockchain technology. I'm your host, Clarice Chiu. And I'm your host, Ling Ling. If you like the content, subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter at SustainADAO. We also have premium content, including blockchain research, member exclusive events, and more with NFT Pass Access. For more information, please visit our website, diesel.org.